It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Join us during the week, by the way, on television, Fox Business. Name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you can't make it, 4 o'clock, text your favorite nine-year-old who will teach you how to DVR the show, and you'll never miss a thing. And here you can live stream us on the Internet. Just go to LarryKudlowShow.com throughout the country, around the world, the entire solar system. We've got to look at the stock market. It's not a particularly happy story. The Dow Jones was off 1,329 points. Uh, the S&P down 194. The S&P 500 year-to-date is down 18.7%, so we're getting back to that 20% bear market. Uh, in a sense, the stock market's been mugged by reality with the Federal Reserve and the inflation problem. I know Joe Biden says there is no inflation, but investors and citizens across the country disagree. Not even James Taylor can turn that around. Anyway, we have Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist for Hightower Advisors and uh, Investment Solutions. And we have Nancy Tangler, CEO and uh, Chief Investment Officer at Lafford Tangler Investments with a five-star Morningstar rating. Uh, ladies, thank you very much for today. Nancy, thank you for your wrap-up last evening. It's very helpful. Rough thank day. You. So, I mean, <laughs> inflation is not going away, and the Federal Reserve's not going away. I, I, I'm just thinking, I mean, I never really understood. We on, on this show, this radio show, and also on the TV for many, many weeks, I keep asking the question, why is Wall Street so optimistic that inflation is going away and the Federal Reserve is um, you know, going to let up quickly? And then the other problem here is um, there's a conflict between what the federal government is doing, the Biden's uh, passing legislation that will spend more money, that is to say increasing demand, at the same time that the Federal Reserve is trying to pull excess cash out of the economy. There's a fundamental conflict here with economic policy in the U.S. government. Anyway, having said all that, I'll go to you first, Nancy Tangler. What is your reading? Well, I am, as we talked about last night, Larry, very concerned um, about the, the spending. I mean, the, in the last year and a half, approved and passed four additional trillion dollars in spending. And if you look at M2, uh, it has a really strong correlation with the deficit. And the deficit was coming down uh, since March 2021, came down 15 percent, about 1 percent a month. Um, but now it's starting to hook back up. And that's going to put put additional pressure on on inflation. So that's in that's my biggest greatest concern and has been in uh, last July we wrote a piece called Mr. Magoo's Washington where we just talked about how this hapless collection of elected officials are just stumbling along and and the Fed, you know, allowed inflation to go from a controlled burn to a wildfire. So it, it's not going to be an easy fix. And I think what you're seeing in the market is this constant battle of, you know, is this a credible um, is this a credible group of people? And so there's this constant tug of war back and forth. But there are places to make money. So that's my optimistic view. We've been moving our clients into short bond ladders. That's 
Um, it's the first time you can own bonds in our view in a number of years. And so those are some of the things that you can do to mitigate risk as an investor. Yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute because I always love the dividend stuff. Uh, Stephanie Link, welcome back as always. Um, I notice interest rates went up quite a bit, particularly interestingly, the two-year note up 31 basis points for the week. That's at 387. The 10-year is just short of 350. It's at 345. That was up 14 basis points. Steph, how do you read the, I mean, the Federal Reserve, I guess they'll do 75 uh, at the meeting this week. I, I frankly think they should do 100. I'm not sure they won't, but we'll leave that. Uh, but I think they're going to have to do, you know, another 75 and probably another 75 at the November, December meetings. I mean, there's no immaculate disinflation going on here. This stuff is embedded in the economy. I mean, the, the median CPI from the Cleveland Fed, which is a very interesting indicator of uh, core inflation, the median CPI is now 6.7 percent, been rising every darn month. And um, the Fed's target is two. So it's, you know, three times. I mean, this is not going to be easy. And I think stocks have been, to some extent, kidding themselves. Yeah, and and thanks for having me back, Larry. It's great to be here with you and Nancy. Uh, I I would say, yeah, inflation is everywhere. And those that expected the number last week, the CPI number, to actually be a better number, meaning softer, um, just is, is sort of not looking at the details. Because if you look at the details of the CPI, uh, the uh, gasoline we know was down 10.6%. So that's good, right? But everything else was hot. Every other measure accelerated year over year. Rent, food, medical care, education, even used car prices, which everybody got so excited last two months ago that car prices were coming, used car prices were coming down. Well, that didn't happen in this past report. So the, the, the issue is, yes, the Fed has to fight inflation, and they can do so. They can be this hawkish. We, we can debate if we, if we think they're right or wrong or they're behind the curve or not. They are behind the curve. But the point of it is, is that they can do so because the job market still remains white hot. Mm. We had the fifth, we had the fifth straight week in a row of, of falling initial claims. The four-week moving average of initial claims is down 8,000, now another low, right? So they can do this because their dual mandate is jobs and inflation. Jobs, they've got it in their pocket. And inflation, they certainly have. It's out of control. I'm looking more, and rather than CPI, PPI, even though that they were very, very hot, I'm looking more at core PCE, and that doesn't paint a pretty picture either, Larry. As you know, that's the Fed's uh, tar- targeted measure on inflation, and that number remains 4.8% year over year. And what you just mentioned, they're looking for two. So this is a challenge. This is why the markets have been so rocky. The biggest question of all of this is, can they engineer a soft landing? And number two, what happens to earnings? And what we saw this past week was not a pretty pop picture. Adobe and FedEx told you things are slowing pretty rapidly. So you've got to be very careful. It's got to be diversified. And just take a deep breath. We're going to get through it, but we're going to be, this is going to be a challenge for the next medium term, say six to 12 months. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I had, uh, I had Fred Smith on the show last night. Now, he's, he doesn't run the country company anymore but he's in close touch and they're pretty bearish about the the u.s and the rest of the world i also noticing nancy you look at the stock market just this week the cyclical economic stocks 
or the groups got, I mean, consumer discretionary down 4%, Infotech down 6 Industrials down 6.5%, Telecom 65 Materials almost 7 I mean, I, I just kind of think that that spells inflation all over it. And it also spells yeah. recession all over it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I, I I'd just point out that last time we were on Stephanie and I together, she pretty much called um, what was going on and what would go on in September in terms of volatility. Um, and and I think I, I think we have to. <laughs> this is a time where we have to uh, extend our time horizon um, because what we do know is that coming out of recessions. Uh, almost everyone, I think there's been 11 since 1953, and 12 months later, in every period except for 2001, stocks were up high single um, to, to, to uh, 35% in 1957, 44% in 2020, which skews the numbers. But uh, so, so we do have to use this as an opportunity to, to focus on companies that have have the most pricing power, the highest quality management teams. Because for every one that we saw this last week, Adobe uh, and FedEx, we saw in previous periods, um, in previous weeks, we saw a number of companies revise earnings up. Um, Broadcom was, uh, said they were seeing acceleration. Uh, Lululemon uh, beat and beat and raised. So mm. I, I do think that that we have to, you know, it's easier. We, recency effect, we always focus on the most negative. We are slowing. Uh, I'm expecting that we will go into recession. Uh, but there are recessions are not always bad for stocks. Sometimes, you know, in this last 11, half the time stocks actually were up modestly during the recession. So, you know, you use your asset allocation, you make good decisions from a stock standpoint. Because inflation, make no mistake, I'm in full agreement with, with Stephanie. Inflation is going to be persistent, sticky, and high for a long time. And the Fed does have the labor market um, in its back pocket, as, as Stephanie said. So, you know, we're having a hard time hiring people. Everyone's having a hard time hiring people. Um, one bit of good news in the last jobs report, the 60 to 64-year-old uh, cohort was returning back, and women are coming back into the workforce. So that's, that's good for labor and spending. How are the 75-year-olds doing? <laughs> well, they're the number one business show. That's how they're doing. <laughs> well, can I just ask both of you before we take a break? When you say we have to extend our horizons, so that means things will get better. Is that what you're saying? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> how far, Stephanie, do we have to extend our horizon? Well, just, I would say just that. Asking, the, just the, asking. Just asking. Yeah, it, it, well, it's going to be choppy. Here's the big problem, right? The Fed is the Fed is raising interest rates, and they're going to con- remain hawkish. I don't know, Larry, if it's four percent of the Fed funds, is it? Do they have to go to five? Even if they go to four or five, and they they're going to just have to stay there, right, until we can see what happens with inflation. The problem is rate rate increases or rate decreases. They lag by nine months, so we haven't even felt the effects of right. what the Fed is doing right that's now. Right. So that's, that's why I say or QT. And and, and and QT right so so yeah. I don't think I don't think we're in a recession right this moment because of the job market and just the momentum that I see especially on the services side it's definitely slowing there's no question but I see these rate increases impacting 2023 and that's when I think we see the recession now that being said when they call it a recession typically that's the buy point that's the mm-hmm. buy point you already right. know it we're in the right. recession. 
you buy it, you buy stocks then. But not until then do you get really aggressive and get over your skis in terms of overweighting sectors in a big sort of way. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, very well put. The, the, the slump so far is a function of high inflation and falling real wages and things like that. But the Fed tightening is yet to really take effect, uh, impacting the economy. So that's unfortunately in front of us. Anyway, let's take a break. On the other side, maybe we'll look at how to make some money. We've got Stephanie Link, uh, Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions, Nancy Tangler of Lafford Tangler Investments. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. I'm here with Stephanie Link of uh, Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions and Nancy Tangler, uh, the CEO of Lafford Tangler Investments. Um, Nancy, you were talking about dividend stocks on the show last night. I know you have in the past. Is It's funny, uh, you know, we all know David Bonson. He has the same view. Uh, is that the best place to go right now? Because in theory, at least, the dividend yields will mitigate whatever uh, risks there are for lower prices. Is that absolutely the best place to go now? In in stocks, y- yes, Larry. I mean, you know, I've been managing equity income portfolios since the mid nineteen eighties with Tony Spear, um, and mm-hmm. and what what you get is you get the protection of the declining market. We're in in sort of the, the not the top, not the highest yielding stocks. Call that the first decile. We're in the second decile stocks, the ones that are growing their dividends. Um, trailing one-year dividend growth in our portfolio is over 20% because there's been a lot of companies, particularly in energy, but also in REITs that have paid special dividends. Uh, but it also is an offset against inflation um, from an income stream standpoint. Historically, our, our dividend growth is between 9 and 11%, which used to be well ahead of inflation. Um, but that, that's just a reliable way to, to contribute to total return. And if you go back and look historically, a significant portion of the total return in stocks has come from the compounding of the dividends. And so, you know, growth stocks have been in favor, but even in, in the 2010s and 2020s, even then you've seen a couple to 3% um, total return coming from from dividends. So um, we love it. It gives us insight. Last thing I'll say on this is that management sets the dividend policy based on what they think long-term sustainable earnings power is. And so they don't, they're loath to cut dividends. And it does happen, of course, and we saw it in, um, in COVID in, in 2020. Many companies cut their dividends. Some have not yet reinstated. But, but generally speaking, this is a commitment. It's an annuity stream that the management is providing to shareholders. And so they're very conscientious about raising the dividend, not getting ahead of themselves, mm-hmm. and then being able to sustain it. And Stephanie Link, in a difficult period like this, where, in your judgment, where do you go? Do you like the dividend stocks or do you branch out beyond the dividend stocks? I like free cash flow stories, Larry, and Mm -hmm. I like dividends, but I also like dividend growth. So they don't have to necessarily have high dividends, but if they have a good balance sheet and strong free cash flow and they're using that free cash flow and measures that are shareholder friendly, that's really where I want to be. So I think that energy, while it sounds like it's popular at this moment in time, it's not. 
it's only 5% of the, of the S&P 500 in terms of the weighting. Back in 1987, it was 19%. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I am underweight technology because if you look at technology and communication services, that's 35% of the S&P 500. Very, very crowded in my opinion. And I think that sector, both comm services and tech, both of them are vulnerable to a lot of things. They benefited from stay at home, and then they also now have the, the, the strong dollar. Not to say that there's not some good quality companies in there, but I would be underweight that sector. And then I think financials just don't get a, a lot of love ever. And I think mm. that they are very cheap. Rates are the, the short end is very positive for some specific bank companies, and that's going to help their net interest income. They have strong capital and good dividends as well. Morgan Stanley right now yields almost 4% with a very strong balance sheet. So I think all of these areas is where I, is where I'm, I am and where I, what I like. I, I like healthcare as a defensive area as well, as opposed to staples. Staples are a bit expensive for what you get. I'm just looking at the yield curve. As you mentioned, um, or you inferred profit margins for the bank stocks. So the three-month bill is 311. The two-year note is 387. Where are these loans being made now? Are they short-term loans, medium-term loans? I think they're. I think there are. They're both. Quite honestly, um, I think if you look at America Express, in fact, just released their um, their loan numbers. They do that every month, and last month loans grew twenty eight percent by consumer as mm. well as small and medium businesses. So right now, things remain fine and, and remain strong. But the most important thing, Larry, is delinquencies. Their delinquency rates were 0.78% year over year. That is astounding. You know, in recessions, you see something more in the order of 6 7 8%. So 0.78 tells me we have a very long way to go before you're going to start to see delinquencies and non-performing assets and, and loans start to default. So it's still cheaper for them to buy money mm-hmm. in the in the in the money market and make the loans. That's the key point, right? Yes. The spreads, the margins are still good and they are capitalized. That's exactly right and they have sticky deposits. I mean, Bank of America has a trillion dollars in sticky deposits. And mm. so I think those are the areas where you want to focus. By the way, I wouldn't be telling you or, or suggesting we, we invest in this sector if, it, if the sector if the sector was expensive. You're, you're looking at one to 1.2 times book value for some quality, quality companies. Mm. Historically, that's been a great time to buy banks when they're trading close to book value. Nancy Tangler, um, I was looking at bonds. Uh, I have been a bear on bonds. I don't understand... And, and and bonds in some sense have outperformed the worst expectations, but now uh, you got your 10-year back to three and a half. It's up over 100 basis points in the last month or so. I don't see how you can continue to have negative real interest rates in the bond market. And therefore, I still think that there's a big bond correction coming. And now we're, we're in one now, but I mean, I... To me, if, if, if you're running inflation, somewhere's around 4 5 6%, right? whatever your measure is, you, how can you have a 3.5% tenure? Or even with the twos and fives, twos are at 387, fives are at 364. In other words, negative, can negative real interest rates continue forever? <laughs> I think we talked about that last month. I, no. They can't, and well, I guess they can, but uh, it doesn't make sense, and it's and it really um, 
is makes it difficult to, to put clients into bonds, which is why we're just building some short ladders. Um, we, we had moved our clients out of bonds in August of 2020 when the 10-year yield got to 50 basis points. Um, mm. And as you've seen, we've had a huge correction since then. And now now it feels like, okay, well, if you if you build a ladder, you mitigate risk, and you're, we're getting a yield of about 4%. But, of course, as you say, and as we discussed last time, I mean, negative real interest rates, our problem, and especially for those people that are, who are retired. And I think that may be one of the reasons, along with the declining stock market and housing market, that you've seen the 60 to 64-year-old cohort return to the workforce. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, we, we have also added to our, our financial holdings, but we've done it with um, insurance companies. We already own some of the names. Like mm. that you would expect, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, our regional bank holdings, PNC. But we added Chubb, and they're going to be a strong beneficiary of rising right. interest rates. So. Thank you, kids. Nancy Tengler and Stephanie Link, we appreciate it. Folks, we're going to do some money in politics next up with Liz Peake and Steve Moore. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm Larry Kudlow. Please stick around. More to come. <laughs> 